Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Radio. I heard this song in a minute. A little collective soul for you coming back here on your Thursday. Appreciate you for spending some time with us. Coulter Nuanez. Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. You missed anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the Nuanez Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org next time you're in the market for some blue and gold. The Big Sky slate for tonight for football. Here's the five Big Sky teams that open up their seasons. All of them, except Weber State, are on the road. Sac State's at Nichols. Idaho is at Lamar. Northern Colorado is at Abilene Christian. UC Davis is at Texas A&M Commerce. And then Weber State is at home uh, against Central Washington. Interesting that I would say that even though four out of the five Big Sky schools are on the road, I would say all of the, I would say three out of the four that are on the road are favored. Sac State is a, I think, 28 point favorite, 27 and a half point favorite against Nichols. Idaho is a 23 and a half point favorite against Lamar. Northern Colorado is a 14 and a half point dog against Abilene Christian. And then UC Davis, I can't remember what the line was there, but they're at least a three touchdown favorite at Texas A&M Commerce as well. So um, a lot of, uh, a lot of love in the in terms of the betting lines for the uh, the Big Sky Conference uh, on this Thursday night as now college football uh, gets underway. We'll have uh, results for you from all those games tomorrow. Who are you drafting first with your fantasy first fantasy football pick? No idea. No one. I don't <laughs> do fantasy football. You're crazy. If you had to, who would you pick? Um, you can't pick Saucy. Saucy. <laughs> Sauce Carter. Yeah. You can't pick Sauce. He's a defensive guy. You can pick the New York Jets defense, though. Gerald, you guys know sports here on your radio. Uh, presented by Aspen Sound. What's going on? How you doing? Great. How are you? Good. Uh, nice to see you. Thanks for coming in. Uh, what's been going on? How, we haven't seen you in a little while, so uh, what do you got? Well, um, there was a little beef on the, on the football field with Aaron Rodgers and Jihad Ward. Okay. And I guess Jihad Ward pushed Aaron Rodgers after he'd thrown a ball, mm-hmm. and then they started fighting. Hmm. Are you not aware of this? I haven't seen the most recent update of Hard Knocks. I don't think busy. it was on Hard Knocks. Oh, okay. I think this it was like in the, in the preseason game this weekend. Okay. He play- yeah, because Aaron Rodgers didn't play any of the preseason games, then they played him in the last one, right? Yeah. And and they played the Giants, and they kind of got into it. I, I have sort of seen this on Twitter. They got into it, and then um, Aaron Rodgers made a comment to Ward and said, I don't even know who you are, which is like the diss <laughs> the, of the century. The diss. And then Ward, mind you, has played for the Giants for eight seasons. Whoa. So I think Aaron Rodgers probably does know who he is. Yeah, maybe. But maybe he's just talking trash. He could be. Uh I mean, Aaron Rodgers is pretty good at talking trash, so yeah. not, not unsurprising. I really would expect Aaron Rodgers to say, like, hey, man, let's go do some shrooms and chill out. We don't need to fight. They don't need to get, like, I didn't expect him to be nasty. <laughs> well, 
You know, I mean, he is a hyper competitive guy, so it's, it's I not guess that so. surprising. Yeah, I just thought maybe he'd be like, "Hey, peace." Well, this uh, this whole uh, saga of the Jets being on hard knocks is about to come to an end, and then we'll see if it's all hype machine propaganda or if they're actually really good. When does the actual season start? Uh, Sunday after next. Okay, so are we still doing preseason right now? So the preseason's over, and then they have like this next week to get their rosters. So everybody gets cut. And the rosters get sort of remade, and they got to get everybody's got to get down to um, fifty-three guys. So okay. they, go, they go from ninety-five to fifty-three. So about half the team gets cut every team. So I follow this guy on Instagram, Kutch, I think is the last name. He plays for the Raiders. Who was playing for the Raiders? He got cut. Okay. And then he went back, got invited back to be a, on the practice practice squad. Do yeah. you get paid for that? Oh yeah, you get paid twelve thousand dollars a week. Oh okay. I was just wondering, like, what happens. So when you go, you're drafted. Yes. Is that what it's called, drafted? Yeah, drafted or, right? or signed. A lot of guys. Okay, if you're signed. Yeah, yeah. And then you get cut. Okay, yeah. wait, sorry. Let me rephrase. Okay. So you start at 95 people. All yeah. those people are getting paid. Everybody's $12,000 uh, a week. No, during the uh, during what they call OTAs, optional training activities, and everything pre- pre-camp, you pay between $1,850 and $2,300 a week. Even the big shots? No, the big shots get paid nothing. Because they have their contract. Because they get paid by the week during the season. So, like, Aaron okay. Rodgers gets a $3 million check every week. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Which is, like, so absurd to actually say that your paycheck is $3 million. Mine is every not time. that. Yeah. Yeah, ours are not that. No, at uh, ESPN Radio, ours are not that. Um, but, yeah, the guys that are fighting out there, they're getting by, they get about 2500 bucks a week. Okay. And then if you get on the, the active roster, you get the league minimum, which I believe is $4,000 a year. Okay. And then if you are on the practice squad, it's $12,000 a week. And the practice squad's only a couple weeks until the season starts, right? Well, no, or? the practice squad, you, you, you could be on the practice squad for the whole season. Oh, okay. But it's not a full squad. So every team can have between 7 and 15 practice squad players. Okay. This guy has been on so many teams, it feels like. Yeah. Um, how'd, he, you get to, how'd you find this guy? Because <laughs> I've started following his wife on TikTok and then oh, and then I followed him and he he's like the cutest they're the most adorable couple she's about to have a baby so poor thing like gets cut and they yeah. they don't know where they're having their baby oh man but now he's on the practice I mean, squad so hopefully it'll all work out what am I what am I uh, uh, how do you say I guess he's a friend of mine but somebody that I've I've met and, and gotten to know professionally in, in this business is Mike Person who played at Montana State and then ended up playing nine years in the league. But he got cut. He, he played for, I think, five teams in the span of two years. He got cut twice in the span of 10 days. And th- when that was going on, he had been dating this gal and he wanted to, he knew he wanted to be serious. And that's, that ended up being his wife. But she, at that moment, she was like, dude, we can't just do this. We can't, you can't just like lose your job every 10 days. And we, you know, yeah. the next time is the last time. And then we have to go find real jobs. And then he ended up making it and then oh, he made good. it all the way in the NFL and they played in the Super Bowl. And it's a great story. But, Pretty hectic. It would be terrible to be the wife or partner of the guy that gets cut all the time. Yeah. She seems really chill and like she just goes with the flow. But um, I think that would be a really hard life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even if you were, I mean, I guess if you're one of the top guys that signs a big contract and has millions and millions of dollars, but, and they get traded and moved around, I think that would be hard too. But I guess the, if you've got the millions, millions of dollar contract, that makes it a little easier. A little easier for sure. But the stability is, uh, stability is not part of the NFL lifestyle. That's, uh, that's certainly true. Right, right, right. Well, several practice squad signees from Montana in the last week or so. Ty Okada, 
uh, from MSU, as well as uh, Patrick O'Connell from Montana. They both signed to the practice squad with the uh, Seahawks. Awesome. Still waiting to see if Lance McCutcheon, Daniel Hardy, Lewis Kidd get practice squad spots. Those all three former Bobcats as well. So uh, much to be determined. But uh, if you get on a practice squad, you, you're giving yourself a chance. So that's, yeah. uh, you, you know, and I mean, 12000 bucks a week is pretty good that living. Sounds if you're, pretty good to if me. If you're right out of college, yeah. it's pretty good living. So. Yeah, that's about what I made a year when I graduated college. <laughs> so. serious, for real, though. I mean, uh, that was the 1900s, though. But still. <laughs> Chicken doesn't know sports, ESPN Radio. Aspen Sound at... It's almost transitioning into fall, but window tinting is good any time of year, and they're the best in town. Go check them out there on Broadway Street. Appreciate Aspen Sound for being uh, presenting sponsor of the Chicken Does No Sports. What else you got? Well, first I want to um, address something about Aspen Sound. Okay, sure. You gave me a little grief a couple weeks ago and made fun of me for talking up Tom and how yeah, funny yeah. he is. Were you jealous? So jealous. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm mostly just jealous of Tom in general. He's just like the coolest guy I know. <laughs> By the way, congrats uh, to our guys at Aspen Sound. Tom just had a baby. So Another good. little baby. Congrats He's to him. Boy, boy, house of boys. Yeah. Just like me. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. But it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but thanks to Aspen Sound for, yes, uh, thanks, for Aspen helping Sound. us out. Uh, what else you got? So last week we talked about the, the Spain women's soccer, the president of the soccer association in Spain, Luis Robiales. Okay. He kissed a player on the mouth. That's right. That's right. Unwarranted, unprovoked, if you will. Um, And the team is now vowing not to play until he quits. Whoa. His mother has gone on a hunger strike (sighs) in support of her son, and she is now in the hospital. I just don't even know what to do with this story. This seems like a whole lot. Of, this is a seems like a, a massive overreaction. In it's, which it's, which way? It's inappropriate to kiss yes. somebody without them wanting to be kissed. But I don't know. I mean, do people really need to go on a hunger strike and go to the hospital? Does this guy really need to get exiled? I don't really know. I think the best thing he should, could do is step down. Yeah. And move on. And he's just dragging this out. Yeah. I, the I fact don't, that there was like this precursor where he had said that he liked this person, yeah. right? that's weird. Yeah, it, it's all weird. And no one wants to be kissed on by their boss. By their basically. boss. And like nobody right. wants to be like by anybody, you're not wanting to kiss you. Totally. So I understand that. I don't think they, I mean, I don't really know what the answer is, except that he should just probably step down. Yeah. But he's refusing. And now his mom's in the hospital. <laughs> Man. So maybe, maybe he'll maybe his mom will help him, you know, step down because he's like, mom, you got to eat. <laughs> this is a this is a wild story. I know we would never know about this if it wasn't for you. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else you got? All right, the U.S. Open is in full swing. See what okay. I did there? Hey, <laughs> radio professional. Okay. Do you know who Coco Golf Golf is? I do. She is the 19 year old U.S. Uh, player, mm-hmm. and she is adorable. Yes, um, a lot of star potential. Oh yeah, she is cool, calm, and collected. I so this week she was playing um, a German opponent, Laura Sigmund, and I guess Sigmund kept stalling between points. There's a clock, so you have to serve mm-hmm. within a certain amount of time. So when it was Laura's serve, she would wait till the clock was like almost at zero and then serve. So she was doing all the stalling. She ended up um, like stalling between points. And then she complained that Coco was too fast between points Mm. and Coco was just playing like at a normal speed. So then 
Coco had to go to the umpire and say, like, this is not right. She's stalling. This is, but she was very calm. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, she's just got, she's got it under control. I really like it, uh, especially at only 19. Um, but at one point, I guess her opponent went and sat down in between points mm. and you're not supposed to do that right. between points. And so Coco's just standing there looking at the ump like, uh, she's not supposed to do that. But very chill. Yeah. Anyway, she's going to be fun. She's fun to watch. I I would keep an eye on her. I, I just, uh, I I hope that the machine doesn't eat her up. I know. Only just because she is this like rising star and she has a lot of things that go into being uh, a really marketable tennis player. I mean, she's, she's very attractive. She's yeah. an incredible athlete. Um, but then the low-hanging fruit that everybody's going to want is to say that she's the next Venus Williams. Or Serena, or yeah. Serena, yeah. right. Uh, she's built more like Venus. That's why I think that'll be yeah. a more of a uh, comparison. But that's just so unfair because, I mean, those are like the two greatest women's tennis players of all time. Yeah. And maybe she becomes the next great one. It's just going to be a lot of pressure on her, but I hope she can she can do it because uh, it's a cool story. She actually just did an interview with People Magazine and said she's not trying to be the next Serena. She does yeah. not want to be compared right. to Serena. She, Serena is Serena. Yes. Serena's the GOAT. I am Coco. Yes. And um, I I also appreciate she's 19. She's not that that's old, but like when you think back to Jennifer Capriati when she turned pro at 13. Right. I Monica mean, Sellis was a teenager. Yeah, Anna Kornikova. Yeah, the Williams sisters were teenage phenoms. Yeah. And so I like that she's a, a little bit older yeah, and helps. has a little more maturity. Um, she sounds like she's got a really good, you know, family, and I think I think she'll be great. I'm I'm excited to keep watching her. I, I just really hope that. Uh, there's some some healthy stuff that goes on here with the promotion of these young ladies because we've already seen how exposure and overexposure really got to Naomi Osaka. Yeah, and she like had to take a step away from the game, and and I think she has her own uh, things that she's battling as well. Uh, aside from the, the the fame, but the fame doesn't help any of that, especially when you're just a young right person. So yeah. Hopefully Coco Gauff can can find it, but uh, she's a she's a really fun player to watch. If you haven't watched her, she's uh, she's a great athlete for sure. Yeah, so um, keep watching. I'm excited. I wonder how far she'll go in the U.S. Open. I think she plays today or tomorrow again. So good stuff. Chicken doesn't know sports here uh, on Nuanas now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. What else you got? So the United States Gymnastic Championships were last weekend. Uh, I watched the uh, the college men's championships. Oh, I don't even know how I got hooked on this. We were we were in San Francisco. We we're getting ready to go to dinner, and that was this was on TV. And then I was just completely captivated by these guys. Yeah, when, when the level the of strength is like it's stupid. wild. It's I like, know. Yeah, how do you even do that? I don't even think I could pull myself. Well, I can't oh, even do a pull up. No, there's no way you so, could. Yeah. yeah, no, there's no way any of us could. Yeah. that's the thing. Like, it seems like the simple move to just like pull yourself and then like have. Be straddling it and be level. It, that is so hard. I know. It's wild. I, I bet like less than one-tenth of one percent of people could do that. Yeah, and they're all at the U.S. <laughs> championships. <laughs> That's, right. Yeah. That's right. And they all go to Stanford and compete for the... Exactly. The, I couldn't believe how good Stanford was. They were they had the best guy in every single event. They, they're just killing the, the rest of the field. Well, I was doing some research for today because I was going to say Simone Biles won the U.S. all around yeah. for the eighth year in a row, yeah. which is exciting. Yes. But something even more exciting happened. What's that? A girl from Missoula won the um, National Floor Championships. Her name's Reese Espanda. Wow. She is a junior, but she made the USA Junior National Team. 
She got six in bars and six all around. Um, but like I said, first, she won the national floor champion. And she's now training towards the next Olympic team. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And she trains at Roots Gym, Roots Gymnastics and Dance, which is really cool. My kids used to go to little camps there. How old is this young lady? She is six, 15. She's a teenager, She's a high right? school. She graduates in 2027. So, yeah. So, she's 15 or 16. Wow. I know. Isn't that cool? I have, I've heard this name, and I've, I've followed this a little bit. The Missoulian has written a few articles about her. But I guess I had missed that she was in the U.S. qualifiers and that she she actually is like an Olympic hopeful. Yeah. I mean, if she's winning an event at the qualifiers, she's absolutely going to be an Olympic she's hopeful. She's on the junior national team. I don't yeah. know if that's okay, different so from the national sure. team. but competing on the national level, though, is She impressive. is training towards being on the Olympic yeah. team because wow. that's next year. So, yeah. I wow. Mean, yeah. Good for her. I know. Reese Esponda. Yeah, very Missoula's exciting. Finest. Yep. Uh, Simone Biles being back is uh, is good for everybody. Gosh, she's amazing. She's just unreal. Yeah. She's... I don't even know... She does some stuff where you're like, how did you even learn... How did you even think of doing that and then learn how to do that? Right. Yeah. She's incredible. I mean, when they say she, she had the issue where she had like the vertigo from... Uh, yeah. It's like, well, of course you did. You're doing like four flips All you do is row. flip. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would barf. Well, I would break my neck. That's what I would do. But That's what I want to know is how do you practice without dying? You have the pit, I guess, the foam pit or whatever... Well, I think... just seems like the, the messing up in that is a, it's a high level of risk. That's why I always get so freaked out when I watch figure skating. Right. Especially pairs. Because when the guy throws the girl up in the air, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. And this is live TV. <laughs> right. I cannot watch this. Yep. I am going to lose my mind. Yep. Um, but they always seem to land on their little blade. So... Those are the best of the world, though. I want to know, like, what are the people like that just aren't quite that good, and they mess up, and then like they land on the blade, or, like they just fall on their head. They uh, die. Yeah, it's not not yeah. good. No, it's not. That was that was supposed to be funny, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Uh, well, good thing Simone Biles is back. Uh, Chicken Dozo Sports presented by Aspen's Found. Uh, what else you got? All right, so one last story. Women's sports a lot of times get uh, the shaft. Like we don't get a lot of people showing up to a lot of things, right? I know where you're going with this. This is awesome. So the Nebraska women's volleyball team played a match. 92,000 people showed up. They played at uh, Lincoln Memorial Stadium, which is their football stadium. Yeah, 92,000. Which I believe is like the sixth largest football stadium it, in yes. the country. In fact, it's just behind like SoFi Stadium and, or something. And I mean, they, they sold it out for women's volleyball. 92,003 to be exact. It's amazing. They, the um, videos of this are crazy. I saw. I, I can't even imagine trying to play with 92,000 <sighs> people. Right? Yeah. But um, they topped the world record, which was 91,648 people at a Barcelona versus Wolfsburg so soccer match in yeah. last year. Yeah. Pretty awesome. It's, it's super cool. Nebraska has great volleyball tradition. They're always really good. I had no idea. This is like shocking to me. Yeah. I mean, when I went to NAU and I'd go watch some some of my friends play on the volleyball team, there'd yeah. be like 30 of us there watching. <laughs> right, totally. Uh, I think that people are getting the memo about women's volleyball. I mean, it's it's incredibly fast-paced and like... It's fun to watch, super, for sure. Super, super entertaining. It yeah. also doesn't take very long. Right. So you can go and you know take in a whole match. Even if it goes five sets, it only takes an hour and a half or yeah. an hour and 45. So uh, I, I think people are getting the memo for sure. I mean... The Grizz and the Cats have both been drawn really well for volleyball, especially when they play each other. So, I mean... That's awesome. Like last year, they, they had the... Usually, they have, they have, like, a volleyball gym. But last year, they had the uh, the Cat Grizz game in Bozeman in the basketball arena, and they sold it out. It was, like, 7,000 oh, 7, people, which That's is awesome. pretty cool. 
Um, our women's soccer is drawing a lot of people as well. Uh, record crowds for sure. Yeah. I think people are finally figuring it out. Like there was this notion for so long. It was so spurred on by stupid men. Yep. Saying, oh, girls aren't any good at sports. I could beat girls at sports. And now guys are realizing, oh, I couldn't beat these girls at any of these no, sports. Absolutely <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. Even close. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm glad. I'm glad we've turned the corner. But it was. if you haven't seen this, you should go look it up on YouTube or on the internet because the uh, the spectacle of 92,000 watching volleyball is just, it's crazy to watch. It's awesome. And I'm really excited for those girls because I think that just, I'm excited for all girls in sports totally. seeing that because that's just such like so uplifting I think yeah I totally agree Nuwana is now ESPN Radio Chicken Does No Sports presented by Aspen Sound as well as the Hype House and Hot House Yoga what else uh, anything else today I just have one little thing sure I'm curious about yeah I can't wait I was watching surprise TikTok oh my god or maybe it was Instagram Reels and it was showing um, a high school basketball game and the cheerleaders during the free throws were yelling like miss and stuff like that. Okay. I don't like that. Okay. Why, why did, do they do that? At when the I NBA? used to shoot free throws in high school, the entire, <laughs> hell, I was a big sky, the entire Hellgate student section would chant outhouse at me because the summer before my senior year of high school, I got dumped over door down in an outhouse <gasps> at Polson Hoop Fest. What? And my friends left me there. Like, like a. They pushed like, the whole thing oh over on me. They pushed the whole thing over on me, and I was door down, so I was stuck. I couldn't lift it up because, like, I would get my feet up, and and the thing would fall back down on me. Luckily, it was the morning of a busy weekend, so they had just changed it out. So that it was like, this is my worst nightmare. This, like, this ask is any absolutely my. It was absolutely the most traumatizing thing that happened to me in my high school days. Whenever, and then the next year when we were playing at Hellgate, I'm shooting free throws, and these guys that were that were my buddies. That went to Hellgate instead of Big Sky. And they know what happened. Outhouse, outhouse. Did it make you miss? 100%. That's what I'm saying. I definitely went, and uh, those guys got it, though. They got what was coming to them later on. I'll leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) I need to get back to the outhouse thing. I just told this story on the radio. That is, like, literally one of my biggest fears when when I used to go to soccer, when my kids were playing, you know, sports, whatever, and I'd have to go in an outhouse. I'd make my friends come stand and like guard the outhouse because yeah. I was so scared of it happening. It's like become this inside joke with my friends because anytime I have to go to one of those, I'm like in a panic. <laughs> but anyway, back to the free throw. <laughs> okay, so I remember there was Stuck a college. In the there was a oh my god! I, and they like, left me. I didn't have a cell phone. That's horrible. Those fr- those people are not your friends. <laughs> They're all still my great friends. Well, we, they suck. We were. I mean, you know, you have teenage boys. Teenage boys do incredibly dumb things. That is. The probably <laughs> worst thing anyone could ever do to someone. It really is. But my mom's they, still not over it. My mom still holds a grudge. I'm holding a grudge. I never want to speak to those people again. I don't know who they are, but they're dead to me. <laughs> I hope they're listening. Me man. too, because <laughs> they're all upstanding individuals now. All well, big time, fancy hospital jobs and stuff. Good for them. Crazy jerks. <laughs> jerks. Um, but back to the free throw in the NBA. Do they do that? Well, yeah, it's just, but it's just loud in the NBA, anyway. right? It's and that's the thing is like a high school game is so much more discernible because there's 500 people there. In college, I remember there was some game and everyone was like opened a newspaper while the guy was free oh, yeah, throwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know why it bugs me that you would like yell to someone. I know you're cheering for your team, sure, but I don't know why it just that annoys me and I don't like it. Well, and there, that's what I have to say. There's about a couple that. schools in the Big Sky that have uh, great bands and that not not just in terms of the the music that they play, but also that they have great like they taunt the opposing team. Really, Idaho's band is classic. They have a chant for every guy 
and they're just they're just messing with these people. It's so funny. And he's got the band nerds just completely ruining the jocks' lives, and it's just like this role reversal that's just beautiful. What? How do you practice for that? Do you practice? You just like, gotta block it out. You have to learn how to block, gotta it, block out. it out. Okay, I don't like it. I think it's rude. Certainly rude. Not um, as rude as an outhouse, but no, you're right. Rude. You took it to the next level. More rude would be pushing someone over in an outhouse <laughs> and then yelling outhouse while that person's free throwing. Oh man, I hope these guys are listening. <laughs> I am so mad right now. Here we are, 18 years later. I still haven't gotten over it. I would never get over it. I would never be able to get into an outhouse again. Yeah, I, I, I had uh, some PTSD. I had I was looking around the corner, making sure no one was near me for the next probably a hundred trips to the outhouse. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> I I don't even know what to say anymore. Revelations here on Nuanas yes. now. Uh, appreciate the uh, hot house. Uh, Great yoga studio, great place to practice mindfulness and to get your body right. And also appreciate the Hype House uh, for their continued support as well. Uh, go check out those Hype Strength classes down there. They're uh, awesome, efficient, and great workouts. And, uh, of course, thanks to Aspen Sound for their presenting sponsorship of the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. Aspen Sound's got window tinting. They have uh, automatic car starters, uh, but it's the stereo equipment that they put in your rig that keeps you coming back. Go check them out there on Broadway. Anything else? That's it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Always good times when Carolyn swings by. Sac State opened up the season with a pretty methodical and pretty impressive opening drive. 15 plays, 75 yards, capped by a three-yard touchdown by Marcus Fulcher. And a Big Sky Conference football is off and running. Sac State playing in Thibodeau, Louisiana against Nichols. And they're up 7-0 early. More updates coming up. Plus... We'll talk about the game that's here in Missoula on Saturday. The Butler Bulldogs in town to take on the Montana Grizzlies. Mike Uremovich, the head coach of the Bulldogs, joins us right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's Labor Day weekend. That means it's Labor Dave weekend as well. Dave Matthews Band back at the Gorge. It's become a pilgrimage for many. And uh, I've gone several times. I'm not going to be able to go this time, but that's okay. We'll be uh, having plenty of fun. 
covering college football across the state of Montana. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Montana get, kicks off their season high noon against the Butler Bulldogs of the Pioneer Football League on Saturday. And then the Montana State, they open up against Utah Tech 6 p.m. on Saturday uh, evening there at Bobcat Stadium. First ever matchup between Montana and Butler. Well, time now for our Across the Sidelines, where we interview coaches that are taking on both Montana and Montana State. The Montana Grizzlies, they open up the 2023 season at home high noon. Saturday, Washington Grizzlies Stadium, the Butler Bulldogs in town. Michael Removich, the head coach of Butler, joins us now on Across the Sidelines. Coach, thanks for being here, man. How you doing? Doing really good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, first of all, just tell us about uh, the, these last couple weeks. Fall camp, always an exciting time, always a challenging time for teams. But what did you learn about your team? What did you like about uh, how you guys grew and uh, and progressed over these last couple weeks? We, re- we really grew a lot in camp. You know, last year was my first year at Butler. And, and when we started last season, we had 80 freshmen and sophomores on our roster. So we were a really, really young football team. And you know, a lot of those guys came back, got an opportunity to improve in the spring and in the summer. And then, you know, coupled with the freshmen that came in and a few transfer guys that we got, it was good to get everybody together and, and get a chance to go through camp and, and, and improve in a bunch of areas. So we came out of it pretty uh, pretty healthy. We're always going to be a little beat up, but uh, relatively speaking, pretty healthy and excited to get into game week. What is that a product of, just having so many young guys? Is that is that a strategic uh, recruiting philosophy of your guys' is to go young, or, or how did that happen? How did you guys have such a young roster last well, year? Well, it, it was my first year last year, um, and the previous – class had a big senior class so the roster I inherited had a big senior class and then uh, we were able to go out and recruit a bunch of guys to to come in and uh, in my first class as well we had a bunch of freshmen in that class as well as transfers so no it's not strategic I hope I'm never in that position again (laughs) right Um, we did get a bunch of good guys a bunch of good young guys and it's fun to watch them develop our classes will be much smaller moving forward well, you spent some time uh, in the FBS before you took this head coaching job at Butler. So what did you like about this job? I and mean, what sort of things intrigued you about it? What sort of advantages do you think you can capitalize on there uh, in Indy? You know, honestly, the thing that, that fired me up about Butler is, is the academics at the school and, and how good of an education these kids are getting. And like you said, I had spent the last, I don't know, I'm old, but 15, 17 years, whatever it was, at Division One level. It was fun to come here. We're a non-scholarship football team. Our guys love playing football, and they're here because they love football and want to get a good education. And um, it's a unique group of kids that have really high standards and goals for themselves, both on the field and off the field. So when I came on the interview, got a chance to talk with some of the some of the student athletes, and then also just you know the tradition at Butler with football and with all the other sports. Um, and Indianapolis is a great place to live. So to be honest with you, I. I, I was interested in the position and then after the interview on campus it was something I really wanted to take an opportunity to do and I'd been a head coach before and I'd been at other programs as an assistant and one of the things I really like about coaching is going to a place that hasn't necessarily been as successful and and turning a program around that's that's where I get my most joy as a coach. Well, you can definitely tell your guys are smart. I just got off the phone with Brent Bushka, and he was telling me about his double major finance, all this stuff. And I was like, man, you're a lot smarter than me. So is it cool, though, for you to teach guys that are so academically oriented and also probably learn at such a high level? Well, I always 
tell the players that we got a bunch of coaches on our staff that couldn't get into Butler history <laughs> and we're coaching here. But uh, it is fun, and, and they're intelligent. And I mean, you, as a coach, you're always looking for edges, right? So one of our edges is that we're going to be smart. So it allows us to do some things that maybe you can't do at other places because our guys are going to learn the schemes and, and get us in and out of plays on offense and defense and, and some of the things we do on special teams. So it is fun. Uh, it's fun to coach guys that are, that are intelligent like that. Mike Aramovich joining us here on Nuanas Now across the sidelines. He's the head coach of the Butler Bulldogs. They're making their way to Missoula, Montana on Saturday to open the 2023 season. Uh, we mentioned your quarterback, Coach. Uh, he was the Pioneer Football League Player of the Year a year ago and now back for a uh, fifth season for you. Uh, dual threat and uh, looks like just a tough-minded kid and I uh, enjoyed talking to him a lot. Seems like he's got a lot of moxie to him. So um, what do you think he brings to your squad? How, how, how has he helped you sort of navigate these first couple of years? Well, he's a great leader. Um, I mean, he's one of the first guys in the weight room. Well, you know, last guys to leave. The guys follow him. Um, he's a very competitive kid, very competitive kid, and uh, really takes pride in, in how he plays and how the people around him play. So he's everything you want out of a quarterback. Uh, we've I've been fortunate to coach several good quarterbacks, and um, they all have the same traits he does. They're, he's competitive. Um, he's a leader. And he, the guys follow him. I mean, they really do. And, and he's earned that in our locker room. Take me through last year and, and just maybe the influences it had on this year. Like you said, a really young squad, but you won seven games. Uh, but I know that it maybe didn't end quite like you wanted with uh, two losses down the stretch. So how, how much did the ending of last year motivate you to this year? But also what sort of bright spots can you take from a 7-4 and four year with such a young team? Yeah, um, I know it's going to sound like a coach answer, but, you know, I – Nobody likes, unless you win your last game of the year, you're never really happy with how totally. But, you know, we did make a lot of progress last year. We did improve in a lot of areas. We also saw areas that we need to improve in. Um, but really, to me, the motivation for our staff and our, and our coaches is, is really just being the best team we can be on a weekly basis. And camp's about getting yourself better. And then in the season, one of the things we're constantly selling is it's really 11 one-game seasons. I mean, we're trying to do everything we can to win this week. And that plan might be one guy getting the ball 25 times this week, and he might not get it at all the next week. It might be that we play a certain D-line this week, and then next week we're playing two other guys up there because it's an option team. So it's really developing your team in the offseason, and then it's just one week at a time. And I know that sounds cliche, but it really is. you got to try to win that game. And I love coaching football because of the strategy and the players and and then someone's going to get hurt, and then something else. And like you're always, there's always something changing every week. So it's really week by week. They call him Coach U. They're at Butler. His team plays in Missoula on Saturday. Uh, Coach, last couple of things for you. Uh, just break it down with the matchup with Montana. First of all, what have you seen out of the Grizz defense? Obviously, uh, a little bit unorthodox of a style. They bring so much pressure, and they bring it from all over the place. Uh, what have you seen just on film and preparing for the Grizz defense? Well, they're really good. Uh, I've been watching them a decent amount this summer, and then obviously in this off season. And you know, they, we played South Dakota State last year, and uh, these guys are every bit as good as them on defense. And uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I know that you guys got your linebacker, you, or whatever you say Montana made, or whatever it is for your linebacker core. Whatever they're doing is working because those linebackers are physical. They're downhill. They blitz a lot, like you said. 99 in nose tackle is, a, is an unbelievable football player. I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing on Sundays at some point. 
Um, he's aggressive. He runs after the ball. He doesn't take plays off. He's a real matchup problem for everybody that you guys played last year watching the film. And then I know you got the transfer defensive end, 48, amongst a bunch of other guys that can play. I mean, the impressive thing to me is the length of the guys on your defense, the way they run to the football, the way they know the scheme. And I know it's a new defensive coordinator, but really players make the scheme. And with the, with the guys you're running out there on defense, you know, it'd be fun to be the defensive coordinator of that unit because all the things they can do and the problems they can present. So it'll be a, uh, it'll be a real challenge for us, not just schematically, but just with the personnel that Montana is going to run out on defense. And on the other side of the ball, uh, a lot of returning guys for the Grizz, um, but uh, a little bit of a turnover at quarter, quarterback, and they're probably going to play multiple guys at quarterback. So when you're preparing for a team that has multiple guys under center, uh, surrounded by some good skill guys, uh, what's that preparation like? Well, when you have a great line, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. You and I could go out there and play quarterback behind that offensive line probably. Um 55 is a great player. I mean, they got, I think, all five back up front, and you got four backups behind there that would play at a lot of different schools. So I wouldn't be as concerned about the quarterback if I was a Montana fan because of the depth you have on the offensive line, the running backs you have, and the wideouts you have. Uh, that being said, I know you got two quarterbacks. They're going to play them both. Um, you know, they're probably trying to figure out who they want their guy to be for the year. You know, you have the, the one kid, the 17, that's, more of a pocket passer type guy and then seven is a seems to be like a guy that's going to run around a little bit and do some like wildcat type things so i mean i'm sure they'll play them both until they figure out who they want to go with but just long term for for your all season if that old line stays healthy you're going to have a lot of success and defensively we got to figure out a way to match up against that group which is is challenging because of the experience they have the size they have and and what type of players that, that they have on the offensive side of the ball. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough for us. Um, we got to slow them down, and we got to be opportunistic and try to create some turnovers. Mike Uremovich joining us here on Nuana's Dow across the sidelines. His Butler Bulldogs come to Missoula on Saturday afternoon. And last thing for you, Coach, obviously the win is the number one priority, but beyond that, what else do you hope to see out of your team? What will constitute success for Butler on Saturday? Well, no matter who we're playing, whether it's uh, somebody like Montana or anybody else on our schedule, we don't want to beat ourselves. We're a disciplined, physical football team, so we want to execute to the best level that we can. But our goal is to win the football game. Every game we play, we're going to try to win, obviously, and that's no different this Saturday. Um, But there's no way you're going to go into that place and win against this competition if you're not disciplined and if you don't have good ball security and if you don't do things right on special teams and as you know, going in the first game of the year, special teams is always an area where guys can either win games or lose games. So um, we got to really worry about ourselves, no different than anybody else we were playing. Obviously, we're playing a, a top 10 or top 15 or whatever they're ranked. I don't look at all that stuff, but I know they're going to be a ranked football team that, that's going to continue to be all season. So it's a good opportunity for us to go play one of the best teams in the country at their place. And I've talked to some people who coached there before. I heard it's a great environment. I heard the fans are awesome. And I heard it'll be full and it'll be rocking, which is why you play college football. Well, you'll certainly enjoy that part because the fans are certainly going to be out in full force. Mike Removich joining us here on Nuanas Now. He is the head coach of the Butler Bulldogs. Coach, we appreciate you taking some time during a busy week and uh, look forward to meeting you on Saturday. Best of luck. Same here, man. Appreciate it. It'll be interesting to see. Butler will, it is well coached. Butler was 7-4 and four a year ago. They started out 7-2 and two and then lost two straight down the stretch. To, to miss the playoffs.
The Pioneer League is a non-scholarship league, but the teams are all, well, I guess the schools in the Pioneer League are all very academically oriented. So they're, they're generally, I mean, this is a cliche, but it's true. They're, they're very smart teams. I mean, they have guys that are all, I mean, as Gremovich said there, I can guarantee every guy that's on our team is a lot smarter than any of the coaches. He said all the guys that coach here, we all have one thing in common. We couldn't get into Butler. <laughs> that's kind of how it is at San Diego and, uh, you know, Jacksonville, Stetson, some of these other, uh, you know, Drake, all high-level schools. So you're going to have smart guys. They're going to be well-coached because they're going to be able to take coaching well because they are smart. And they're going to come in here with uh, nothing to lose for sure. That said, they'll have, uh, they, they won't be mismatched in terms of X's and O's and preparation and stuff like that. It's just the, uh, it's the depth, the, the top-end talent, the speed, uh, those are going to be the, the huge advantages that the Grizz have. And, and the way the Grizz play, there's, they can just overwhelm teams where they have... If the, if the Grizz have a talent advantage and they're at home and they they dictate the way the game goes, which I almost guarantee you they will on Saturday, they can just overwhelm teams and just bury them because that's just the style that they play. They're so aggressive and they just bring it so hard. So it'll be fascinating to see uh, the way that uh, Montana opens its season and also if Butler can hang around for a little while. Uh, having a, a senior quarterback who's a player of the year in the league and Brett Bushka, who was the Pioneer Football League player of the year last year, that helps for sure. But uh, still expect Montana to be uh, pretty heavily favored. Take a step out of the uh, high school and college worlds into professional baseball. Diamond time. Next, talking all things Paddleheads and Major League Baseball. That's right after this. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Joanna is now Mr. Thing in the show today. All sorts of fun guests for you. We heard from Hunter Chandler, the head coach of the Bozeman Gallatin Raptors. We also heard from Courtney Badbear, the head volleyball coach of the Billings Senior Bronx, the reigning AA state champions. We also heard from Harrison Shep of the Florence Falcons, an inside linebacker there for Florence. Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports and... Mike Uremovich, the head coach of the Butler Bulldogs. All of it on the podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. I, I got to take in some live baseball Friday night. I actually can't believe we haven't talked about this until the end of Thursday's show, but um, went to the, uh, I guess it's now Oracle Park, formerly Pac Bell Park, and then it was named something else. Now it's Oracle Park there in San Francisco. Watch the Giants and the Atlanta Braves. Braves are just so good. They won 5-2, and uh, they, they continue to be the best team in baseball. They're 87-45 and 45 right now. So uh, by four full games, the best record uh, in Major League Baseball. Got to see one of the better pitching performances I've actually ever seen in my life live. I've been to probably, I don't know, probably 15 Major League Baseball games. And uh, Spencer Strider's the real deal, man. He throws absolute gas. He's got a sweet slider. And uh, he was really impressive to watch. He pitched all the way into the eighth inning. He had double-digit strikeouts. And uh, the Giants had a hard time finding the mark there uh, with Atlanta's stud uh, on the bump. 
We go to the Rangers Players Army phone. They welcome in a guy who probably doesn't like me talking about his Giants losing. He is from the Bay. Uh, it's Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. First of all, thanks for the, the recommendations, man. We had the crab melt, had the garlic fries. Uh, so, so good. Really appreciate it. And uh, sorry that the Giants lost that one, but uh, appreciate all the recs. How you doing, Jeff? Yeah, hey, uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I saw Pier 23 also, one of my go points yeah. back in San Francisco. I was... I saw right before game time that the sourdough bowl it was like, oh boy, woof, Colters in Flavortown out there. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, we don't have much time, but uh, tell us, just break down what's going on uh, with you. The uh, Paddleheads continue to roll. Uh, what's the last week been like? Well, what do you expect tonight? Well, Great Falls in Missoula, last time playing in the regular seasons, getting to that time. It always seems like it creeps up on you. September's coming up. You know, we got the Grizzly game coming up on Saturday. Football's upon us, and the end of baseball is here. It's the postseason push, and the Paddleheads really are fixated on making sure that they're playing their best ball at the end of the regular season. Think about how last year, how it all just kind of came unraveling there at the end of the year. But losing that championship series to Grand Junction, I think that's kind of floating around the back of the heads of the Paddleheads right now. What when you talk about them really focusing on that and trying to not let that happen again? How do you go about that? I mean, what what is the sort of the the strategy to to not let? I mean, they've been so good in the regular season and they they won it all two years ago, but then last year, like you said, kind of unraveled in the playoffs. So what what's the the difference maker there? Well, I think the the main thing that Michael Schlack and is kind of instilling with the culture with the team is. Yes, the Paddleheads have everything wrapped up in terms of their playoff positioning, but what you've seen historically is you haven't seen Michael Schlack give guys much time off. I mean, clearly not just, you know, hammering away, so to speak. They're still giving guys normal rest, but they're not seeing guys just getting time off just because they have things wrapped up, so to speak, in terms of playoff positioning. Still putting guys in the lineup every day, still just hammering away, assuming that they don't have anything wrapped up. That's a little bit of a unique approach, I think, and I think it'll play dividends for this club. Well, we will certainly uh, be following along. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads here uh, on Nuwana's House, our diamond time. Jeff, we appreciate it, man. Good luck on the call tonight. Yeah, thanks, Coulter, and uh, we'll check up again soon. We'll talk to you next week. Missoula Paddleheads be on the radio tonight against the Great Falls Voyagers, the last regular season matchup between those teams this season. We will be back at it tomorrow. Jam-packed Nuanas now. Rajim Seabrook, Brooks Nuanas, and a whole bunch more. We will see you then. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M-Store. Proud to present our Nuana is Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.